Hello and welcome to the 173rd episode of the Masterclass. My name is Cam. I'm joined by Dave. What's up, sir? Oh, well, you know, it's always so interesting that when we finally hit the record button and do the podcast that we've been having our own little conversation <laughs> that not trying to be nasty, but the the listeners are not, are not privy to. And, <laughs> I don't think they'd be very interested in us going through the no, details I, of our I, lives. I don't, I, don't, I don't think they would either. But, you know, um, my, my thought is, is that I am just incredibly grateful for the blessings that I have. Uh, friendships like ours, um, you know, um, just the things that really do matter. Um Cause I feel like lately there's just been an awful lot of focus on things that really don't matter, <laughs> even though people really think they do, <laughs> but that's maybe just yes. my own little judginess coming out. Now, and for context, we are recording on Monday, November 9th. So certain 2020, yeah, 2020, certain, uh, certain events have recently caused the the people of America to say lots of silly mean things to each other. So, yes, man. It's been an interesting 2 weeks, Dave. Since we last recorded, much has changed. Yeah. yeah. And a lot still remains the same. But uh one of the things that remains the same is that we are still in Hebrews chapter 3 and we did last episode verses 1 through 6. Which means today we're going to start on verse 7, and um, we're going to go through verse 14, correct? That is correct, yes. All right, do you want to dive right in, or do you want to talk about a few other things before we do so? Um, Alex Trebek died. I want to say that. That was sad. So does Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah. You know the other one that died this year? This is totally random. Eddie Helen Reddy. Helen Reddy died in, in September. Okay, Who's she? She is uh, I am woman, hear me roar. Oh, okay. Um, and she actually has a she actually has a uh, there's actually a Netflix I am woman that is her little biography that I'm not ashamed to admit that in my downtime over the weekend I watched all by myself. So yeah, life comes to an end. No matter how successful you are, no matter how much you achieve we all have the same which is why i think we're here you know i think we're here kind of to focus on the eternal and not so much the the things that we do in 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 even as i made that comment earlier i i I will own that i'm 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 the same way Get, get focused on the wrong things, get focused on the petty things, get focused on things that don't have um, eternal significance. So I'll get off the soapbox now. I kind of want to read Ecclesiastes now, Dave. Yes, yes. Everything is meaningless. Everything under the sun. Or change, depending on... Meaningless, meaningless. On how you interpret it, yeah. But just the constant constant ebbing and flowing and change and, you know, and then you get to the part where he's like, you know, 
I've 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 gotten rich, I've been powerful, I've sought wisdom, all the stuff, and now what? I just I die and I can't take any of it with me and I have to leave it to my son and he gets to enjoy the fruits of all of my labor. Like what the you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. So yeah, so Hebrews three. <laughs> That's what we're actually gonna talk about today. Yeah. And so we're at verse seven. Um, just a little caveat that the, the title for this section begins with a rest for the people of God. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. On the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for forty and saw my works for forty years, therefore I was provoked with that generation's generation and said, "They always go astray in their heart; they have not known my ways." As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. So, one of my professors uh, in college... Dr. Ed Metters, who I've mentioned before on this show. Uh, good dude, good professor. Uh, wrote a book called Pharaoh and the Hardening of the Heart. And he was in the process, like I think my class that I had with him was the first class after the book was published. So we, you know, had to read it as part of, um, uh, or maybe we had the, can't remember. Some of my professors, we had the books right after they were published, and then I remember one of them. We had a three three and a half inch ring binder full of the manuscript of the book because it wasn't published yet. So he That's printed cool. out like three hundred and eighty <laughs> pages for all seven of us. It's like, oh, oh wow, the Amazon hates you. <laughs> now, when your book's for sale, Amazon will like you because you'll make the money. But the forest itself hates you for all the pages you just printed out. Um, so I'm I'm struggling to remember. It's not important. We read the book. It was very interesting, the whole discussion of God actively hardening Pharaoh's heart in that process, and why would God do that, and what it actually means, and, you know, the research and and everything he did was, uh, you know, obviously very impressive, Um, but I'm reminded of that here, obviously. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, and... It's a totally leading question, but I'm I'm curious what that phrase "harden your heart" like. What does that mean to you, practically? You know, because Doctor Metters wrote you know a 250 page book about you know the theory and the theology and all of that, but like practically for someone who's not going to read a book like that, but is going to listen to a podcast like this, when he says "don't harden your heart," what comes to your mind? So. What comes to my mind is a, a conscious decision to not do what you know you should do. 
and um, um, so on some level, I think this is something we probably do daily or if not daily frequently, there's this element of, I know I should do this or I shouldn't do this. And for me, it's a very conscious decision of I'm going to do it anyway, or I'm not going to do it anyway. And, you know, so in essence, I think there's a, um, for me, um, that's kind of the foundation, the essence of what sin is, is just sort of this conscious decision of, I know I shouldn't do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. And again, I'll go back to, uh, the garden of Eden and, and Adam and Eve, uh, eating from the, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in and of itself, eating fruit, not a sin, but when God specifically says, don't do this and you consciously do it and you choose it. And I don't know that this happens for us necessarily every day, but I think as Christians, if we are seeking God and we're following God, it happens uh, from one week to the next of God putting those sort of, um, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for, but just those things on our heart where we go, okay, I should do this. And um, sometimes, sometimes it's very easy to do those things. You know, and we're like, oh yeah, I'm happy to do that. And I'm going to do that. And then there's other times where, um, I think we very consciously, um, choose not to. And, uh, you know, I'll just be honest and I guess, God, I'm repenting of this now. So please forgive me of, um, I woke up at five 30 this morning. I was very much awake. Um, I read my Bible for a little bit. And as I was laying there, I felt like, oh, I should probably be praying, you know, and specifically praying for work and the people that I work with and all that. And I did that for a little bit. And then I was like, nah, this is boring. I don't really want to do this. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to, I'm going to focus on not staying awake and doing what God is asking for me. I'm going to make myself more comfortable and I'm going to close my eyes and I'm asleep. And I, I don't, I don't say this. I mean, I, I truly, God, I repent of this because I think in that moment I probably did sin. Is is as simple as that may seem, I hardened my heart in that moment of I chose what I wanted and I chose to be comfortable versus what I felt like maybe God was asking me to do this morning. So does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. Because I, um, I, I do think there's a, a decision. Yeah, and I, I would agree. And especially here, where it's referencing the rebellion in the wilderness. Yes, yeah, yep. When like Moses yes. was when Moses was gone for like, I don't know, a little while, and they're like, God's not real, let's make a cow. Like, we, we just talked about that um, passage. Um Sunday, right before service, um, the worship team, we get together in a room in the basement 
and um, our percussionist leads us in like a like a twenty five minute prayer devotional time before we go out and, and lead the congregation in worship, and we talked about that very concept, or that very story. Right, Moses is up on the mountain with God doing his thing, and then everyone's like, "Nope, God's not real. We need to make our own." Oh, look, here's a cow that we made from all of our melted earrings. This is who got us out of Israel or out of Egypt. <laughs> and you want and you just you want to like you you want to just start smacking people. Mm-hmm. Did the cow show up as a pillar of smoke by day and pillar of fire by night? Did a cow you just made 10 minutes ago out of all your melted jewelry provide you food every single day? Did the cow split the sea and then close in on the Egyptian? It's just like Mm -hmm. how fickle and uh, impatient we can be. Oh, yeah. And it's so easy to look back at them, right? Gosh, what what morons, man. They just... (laughs) They were literally being led through the desert by a pillar of fire. Yeah. Like you're kind of like, I wish I had that. Like, yeah. That and then great. we say the same thing about the disciples. <laughs> oh, I it's know. like, well, if, if I had seen Jesus, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. We would have. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We would have. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. You know, and I think that's how, you know, a lot of us relate, you know, especially like the stories of like Peter at the fire denying Jesus three times. Oh, I don't know who he is. No, I was at a family barbecue. I don't know what you're talking about. Like all that stuff. And then, so it's, it's so easy to look back on that and say that we wouldn't act the same way. We wouldn't harden our heart that same way. We, would, we wouldn't rebel. And it's like, look in the mirror. We rebel every day. Just like you said about, and that, what you just said seems so innocuous, right? Oh, it's 530 right. in the morning, which is early. I already yeah. read my Bible. I already prayed. I'm going to get some shut eye. Like you can totally justify that without even thinking oh, like. And that's exactly not, it. I justified. Like, yeah. Like, oh, I'm good, man. I already read my Bible. I already prayed <laughs> off to a great start. Going to get an extra 20 minutes of sleep. Today's going to be awesome. Yeah. And then now you think about it later, like, oh, yeah, maybe I should have, you know, not sought comfort in that moment. And and you're not, not sought comfort in sleep, but sought comfort in, in God. And I'll tell you what. I didn't read my Bible or pray this morning, so I didn't. Yeah. I got and, my and kid out the door it. and I started working. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that is the other thing. So, um, <laughs> not a huge John Eldridge fan. In fact, You're I've not- kind of, rebe- I rebelled from him a little bit because of <sighs> when I left full-time ministry. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's it. When I left full-time <laughs> ministry, holy cow. Um, 19 years ago, um, he was kind of the thing with wild at heart and all that. And, but, um, a a friend recently mentioned his latest book that's called get your life back. And one of the things he talks about very early on in the book is the one minute pause where you take a minute to think about God, kind of relinquish things over to him. And so as I heard that, cause I do the audible thing. I was like, oh, that's, I can do that. It's amazing how long you can go throughout your day and not give God a thought, or at least it's amazing how I can go through my day and not give God a thought. And I don't like that. I don't like that. I wish it was, I wish that was not true about me, but it certainly was today. Yeah. I hear you. All right. So passage is saying today if you hear god's voice don't harden your hearts like the israelites did in the rebellion in the wilderness uh, where your fathers 
put me to the test, God, right? Put where your fathers put God to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Hmm. There's something about the length of time, right? Mm hmm. And the fact that they were still grumps after 40 years. goes on in verse 10, Therefore I was provoked with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Which we know to be true, right? Moses strikes the rock, water comes out, Moses doesn't get to enter the promised land. The whole generation that fled Egypt dies in the wilderness, and it's their offspring, the next generation, that gets to inherit uh, the promised land. Yep. Because of people hardening their hearts and rebelling against God, despite the manna from heaven, despite the pillar of fire and smoke, despite the splitting of the sea, despite the Ten Commandments being given to them on you know to Moses on Mount Sinai, despite all of the consistent times, right, where God showed up, manifested physically with, you know, the pillar, and like all, all of the stuff that he did to get them from Egypt to the promised land. The fact that he was going to end it all, and Moses prayed that he wouldn't do it, that he would relent, and he changed his mind and said, okay, I'll change my mind, I will, I will go, right? It just, all of that and this, he still said, they always go astray in their hearts. They've not known my ways. And again, like we said, it's it's so easy to look at that and be like, man, just bang up job, guys. You did, you, did, you, you know, you didn't know what you had. <laughs> and just like, and like, and to mock them and to make yourself feel better. And, you know, and then, you know, I look at my own life and I was like, hmm, I do tend to go astray in my heart quite often despite how well I know what the Bible says, how much I've studied it, you know, how much I've taught it, I can still say, yeah, there, I still go astray in my heart because sometimes I think I know what's best. I think God's ways are slow and hard and not fun. No, and I can't imagine 40 years of experiencing that. And and, and, the, and the thing is, is, I mean, it, it really is, as you look at human history, um, like so much hasn't changed. Like God, he really is incredibly pa patient uh, with us. Like, don't get me wrong. There are certainly those moments that it's like, Oh, <laughs> don't want the wrath of God. Like, yikes. But consistently, if you read the, the entire Bible, God is just so patient with mankind um, when we don't deserve that, don't deserve his patience. And on another note, um, these verses that we're talking about in Hebrew, uh, Hebrews 3, verse 7, um, we're looking, it's, if you read Psalm 95, 
Um, Psalm 95, verse like halfway through verse 7, is what is being quoted here. I think it's very interesting that this starts off with, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says. Like that really stood out to me that, you know, you have the Hebrews, New Testament, um, referencing the Old Testament, Psalm 95. And there really is this idea of um, not as David said, not as the psalmist said, but as the Holy Spirit said. And again, I'll just, I'll attribute this to me of, I just don't always read the Bible that way. I wish I was better at going all scriptures, God breathed and useful for, you know, teaching, rebuking, correction. And, um, that this is not a human author, that this truly is God speaking to us and, um, appreciate the, the author of Hebrews bringing this before us again. Um, because it, it isn't, it's just like, as it was then when they were in the desert, then when the author of Hebrews is writing and today in the world that we live in, this still, um, are the words of the Holy spirit and still, uh, have an impact in our lives. And I need to remember that we need to remember that, that, um, the scripture that we read and that we study is alive and God continues to use it. Um, so yeah. Thanks for, thanks for calling that out to you. I appreciate it. Yep. It's always, it's always very interesting and usually, um, enlightening when in the old Testament, you see the old Testament referenced because like, there's a lot to choose from in the old Testament. So why yeah. did the author choose this? Choose, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. How many just just psalms that they could choose? Mm-hmm. And so I think we're about to we're going to jump down to verse twelve now, and we're going to get into why he chose that Old Testament yep. passage because the the juxtaposition of what the old was and what the new is is I think going to become apparent. So it says here in verse twelve: Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. So in in my estimation, that's that's the author summing up the quote from Psalm 95. Here's what happened to our ancestors in the wilderness. Here's how their hard hearts and their rebellion, what the the pain that it caused them, the pain that it caused God, all of that. So now you that I'm talking to today, take care to not have an evil, unbelieving heart that's going to lead you to fall away from the living God. But instead of that, instead of doing the evil, unbelieving, falling away from God, exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Man, that's good. So, to be clear, exhort, to exhort someone, it means to strongly encourage 
or to urge them to do something. So to plead with them to to uh, to encourage to say, "Come on, you got to like do it. You can do it. You can do it." And like the people that are cheering on runners in a marathon at certain mile points, right? To give them that extra boost of energy, that extra confidence, that extra push to keep fighting. So every day, encourage one another so that none of us may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And that's, that's man, deceitfulness, that's the right word, right? It's that bait-and-switch, that sugar-coated nature that sin often has. You know, you referenced Adam and Eve in the in the garden, and, you know, eating fruit's not a sin, per se, except that God said, don't eat from that tree. And then Satan's like, well, did he really say that? <laughs> I'm not so sure. Doesn't it look yummy? Yeah. And there's always that, that, that just sliver of doubt in your mind that somehow, you know, it may be microscopic, but the amount of justification you can fit into that tiny little space as to why it's not that big of a deal. And for me, that's what it always is. It's like, oh, well, it's not that big of a deal. I'm not a murderer, right? Right. And then all of a sudden, yeah. ooh, look at all the space I found in my little, you know, my little justification bubble. But it's it's the deceitful nature of sin that causes us every time to like, oh man, not again. Like really? Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame no. Fool me one I don't I can never remember that one, Dave. <laughs> I always get it messed up. The point is, is fool me fool a lot, me. and it makes me it makes me a human. Apparently, yes. Um, but good. Uh, I was going to say, I, I think part of, and, and we've talked about this a bunch previously. I couldn't tell you episode numbers because there's too many of them. Um, I mean that in a good way. Sorry. This concept of of thinking of sin as deceitful is it's really a proactive um, approach to how we view sin because I think, in my experience, a lot of the time I'm like, well, it's it, it's again, it's not that big of a deal. And if we minimize the weight of sin, then we minimize the weight of God's sacrifice and Jesus on the cross. We minimize the weight of glory. We minimize the weight of redemption. We minimize God's choosing us and redeeming us and making us part of it. We minimize all of that simply by saying, that's eh, not that big of a deal. I mean, we, we, we literally tell God, I know what you did. I don't need it because it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, I'm glad you did it and I'm, I'm glad to accept it. But I mean, really, is it so bad if I do this or don't do that? And, you know, maybe this is a, you know, we're both middle-class white guys from the suburbs. So maybe this is a our particular bent of you, because I'm pretty sure we, we agree on this, is like, we're just so used to comfort in all things. Yeah. That when we can choose comfort over what God wants for us, it's almost like, why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I choose comfort? 
I like it. It makes me feel good. I have it in all other things. Why, why would God possibly want me not to be comfortable? Which, when you say it out loud, is a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> but when you think it in your own little isolated thought bubble, it's what you want to hear, so you believe it. So this, this little phrase here, the deceitfulness of sin, is something that I need to be reminded of, right? Like, the enemy comes like a wolf in the night to, like, seek out, kill, and destroy, right? He's not here to be my friend and make me comfortable. Oh, no. He's here to make me think that I'll be that way, only to have it turn into a horror movie. <laughs> so... That's that's my takeaway from this whole thing is figuring out how to keep in the forefront of my mind that sin is by nature deceitful and in no way can ever deliver what it promises. Only God can do that. Yeah, and I guess the the so I, I I do agree with what you're saying. Um one of the things that just came to my mind is um as we've been as we've been talking, I don't want people to feel like they can't question God or question their faith or because you're going to have doubts. You're going to have those moments of, um, you know, while we're talking about um, kind of that intentional decision to disobey God and that intentional sort of, I'm not going to do what I know I'm supposed to, get, supposed to do. Uh, I do feel like there are times in our life where uh, we will have doubt. We will struggle. And, um, I just feel like maybe somebody needs to hear that it's okay to doubt, that it's okay to struggle, that it's okay that like, while we strive for this and desire to know God and to be forgiven and to live the life that we're supposed to live, um, that doubt and struggles with the certainty of our salvation, um, are okay. Um, and and God will meet us where we're at. And I think at that point, your prayer just needs to be, um, you know, God, reveal yourself to you, to me. God, you know, speak to me. God, just make yourself real uh, because he will certainly, he will certainly do those in those, in the moments of um, just wrestling with the fact that we are human, that um, we didn't get to walk with Jesus. We didn't get to see the pillar of light. We didn't, you know, uh, there is an element of, of our journey in this, the 21st century of um, those things being a factor. So I'm hoping for whoever needed to hear that, that lands where it needs to be. And the Holy Spirit will do his intercession for us of that. It is okay to doubt and it is okay to struggle with that. Um, but we need to confess that and allow him to be God. And if we call on him, he'll show up. Amen.
Yes. Cool. And the last verse, just again to close, for we have come to share uh, in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firmly. And that whole concept, we have come to share in Christ, is who that is. That is not just a sentence, my friend. No. No. no that not at all. is loaded. And we will. I know we keep, I keep saying this in the episodes. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get, but we are like this book is, is well structured in the sense that he is laying foundational bricks. These first couple chapters that as we start getting into chapter four, chapter five and onwards, we're going to start building here. The author is going to start building a lot of concepts on what, on what he's already talked about. So, uh, that is one that we will certainly, um, get into what it means to share in Christ and be part of that family. Yeah. Although next week it looks like we may be talking about some of the same things. <laughs> right. Wait, patience, Dave. Remember Not God yet. is, God is patient. We must be patient as well. Yes. So cool. Well, I don't know about you, but I enjoyed that little discussion I, yeah, about I would, the Bible, Dave. I would agree. Yeah, it um, get bombarded with so many negative messages and um, just grateful for the word and God showing up and being able to have conversations with others. So, yeah, it was good. Definitely. Sweet. Well, listeners, thank you so much um, for your roughly 34 minutes that you gave us uh, for this episode. We really appreciate um, you choosing to uh, listen to the show. Um, Still think it's super cool that people in different countries around the world decide to listen to the show. That's, it just still blows my mind. So thank you so much um, for your time and for your attention. Uh, Same as always, uh, show notes are in your podcast uh, app of choice, or you can go to supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 173. You can download the audio there. All the links will be there in the show notes. There'll be links to uh, social stuff if you just want to say hi. And again, we're not in it for the follows. We're just in it if you want to say hi and connect. That's a great way to do it. We also have a phone number and an email that you can use, again, for the same thing. It's just about trying to connect and meet people um, and try to learn from each other. So that's all there. Links to stuff we talked about is there. And I think I think we have arrived at the conclusion of today's adventure, David. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll be back next time. Until then, be good, everybody. Stay safe. Bye.